We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 517 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. It is the final day of February. It is the first day of the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. It is a day on which Commanders head coach Ron Rivera is expected to do a press conference at the Combine. And it is the day after a big news day for the Commanders. In fact, as I am recording this, we have breaking Commanders news. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast, the only Washington, D.C. area sports podcast or show for which there is a new episode out each weekday with each episode out oh so early each weekday morning. This is the podcast that wakes up with you, especially when there is breaking Commander's news. This is an episode in which we have a lot of Commander's news to sort through. First of all, as I am recording this in the 4 a.m. Eastern hour on Tuesday, we have multiple reports that are just coming out that the Commanders have placed a franchise tag on interior defensive linemen Deron Payne. Now, of course, this isn't a shocker. Uh, This had been expected, and this now reportedly has happened. The news was broken by ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter at 3.49 a.m. Eastern via tweet, quote, Washington defensive tackle Deron Payne became the first player this offseason to receive the franchise tag per sources. The franchise tag for Payne is projected to be 18 0.937 million dollars. Washington placed the tag on Payne early this morning. End quote. Now, why the Commanders franchise tagged Deron Payne in the early morning hours of Tuesday, as opposed to I don't know, waiting until later in the day on Tuesday? Uh, We do not know. But of course, there is often a lot with our football team that's unconventional. What also isn't clear is whether the commanders have slapped Duran with the non-exclusive franchise tag or the exclusive franchise tag. Like when people say, well, the commanders have put the franchise tag 
on Deron Payne. Uh, well, which franchise tag? There are two versions of the franchise tag. The difference between the two versions is that the non-exclusive franchise tag allows for the player to sign an offer sheet with another team. Now, you don't often see this happen, but this can happen. Uh, the player can sign an offer sheet with another team. The original team has the right to match the offer sheet. If the original team does not match the offer sheet, the original team receives two first-round draft picks from the new team, although that trade compensation can be negotiated. But yeah, breaking commander's news in the overnight hours of Monday into Tuesday. Well, many of you were sleeping. While some of you were engaged in deviant acts, the commanders were slapping Deron Payne with a franchise tag. Uh, personally, I want the commanders to either sign Deron Payne to a multi-year contract or trade him. I am not interested in playing this franchise tag game once again, okay? I'm not interested in Deron Payne playing this upcoming season for the commanders under the terms of a franchise tag because that means that he almost certainly will be leaving the team via unrestricted free agency next offseason. Uh, I have serious doubts about whether the commanders will trade Deron Payne uh, that kind of thing has not been Washington's thing with franchise tag players. See right guard Brandon Sheriff, see quarterback Kirk Cousins, although the Kirk cha-cha-cha happened under a different Washington regime. You know, we'll see with this Deron Payne thing. I mean, I do think that the terms of this franchise tag right around $18.9 million are such that that could serve as a placeholder for a long-term contract that he reaches with the team this offseason. But again, we are experienced enough by now with Washington players who are franchise tagged to know that where this usually takes us is the player leaving via unrestricted free agency and the team getting back a comp pick and nothing more. Meantime, Monday evening, another major report on the sale of the commanders. This report from the Washington Post Dan Snyder's favorite newspaper, uh, which is reporting that our commander's co-owner and co-CEO, Dan Snyder, is demanding that other NFL owners indemnify him against any future legal liability and expenses if he sells the team, angering some NFL owners and NFL commissioner Roger Goodell. The report also says that per one source, Dallas Cowboys owner, president, and general manager Jerry Jones, quote, is attempting to broker a piece by which Snyder would sell the commanders and leave the NFL without further acrimony, end quote. Uh, I actually believe that what is in this report is a good thing a very good thing. If you want Dan Snyder ousted as owner of the Commanders, the news in this report I actually think is more good than bad. I'll explain why next segment. And then after that, in-depth reaction to and analysis of the big actual football news with the Commanders during the day on Monday. The Commanders on Monday afternoon announcing that they released quarterback Carson Wentz and safety slash nickel corner Bobby McCain. The expected now is official Carson Wentz has been released. Uh, I will examine what we need to most remember about the fail 
that was the commander's trade for Carson Wentz, because after all, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Although I would also say this, yes, the commander's trade for Carson Wentz was a fail, but also, yes, it's not like this was a fail that like ruins the team for years, okay? This was a swing and a miss, but this was a swing and miss from which the team can move on and now has moved on. And this is a swing and miss from which the team can rebound. I do think that that's important to remember. Uh, and I also will talk about the team releasing Bobby McCain. You know, the commanders in releasing Carson Wentz and Bobby McCain generated around $30 million in salary cap space, perhaps even more than $30 million if McCain is designated as a post-Jude 1 cut. Uh, the team now has a good bit of cap space with which to operate. Uh, so things like addressing the offensive line and re-signing Duran Payne and signing edge defender Montez Sweat and safety Cameron Curl to contract extensions, uh, those things can happen this offseason. They're not all going to happen with $30 million in cap space, but the generating of that cap space uh, can help to make those things more doable. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Lots of feedback on the sale of the Commanders. We on Monday show, episode 516, got great insight from business journalist Josh Cussman of the New York Post on his major report this past Friday evening on Commander's co-owner and co-CEO Dan Snyder having denied Amazon founder Jeff Bezos from participating in the bidding on the team. Email from Mike Bennett writes, Mike, one thing that I haven't heard many people talk about is the tweet from Darren Haynes that Dan Snyder flew Jason Wright from California back to D.C. to help close the deal on Eric Bieniemy. If Dan really is selling why would he have cared to do that? I've always been skeptical that Dan would sell. And now we have the reports coming out about how Dan is blocking Bezos from bidding. Everyone seeming so confident that Dan will sell makes me think that he won't sell. I desperately want Danny Boy to sell. I just have a bad feeling in my gut that he won't sell. This is a deteriorated fan base. Can you imagine how many more will go if he pulls out the hope of a new owner? Thank you for the email, Mike. Yeah, man, it's real simple. Either Dan Snyder sells majority ownership of the Commanders, or we riot, <laughs> okay? That's the deal. Danny Boy sells, or we riot. Who's with me? Uh, yeah, so WUSA 9 sports director and sports anchor Darren Haynes, he on February 17th tweeted, quote, Dan Snyder flew President Jason Wright, who was in LA, out to DC to meet with Eric Bieniemy." Ron Rivera wanted Jason there to help seal the deal because Jason and Eric are from the same area in California and high schools are literally 13 miles apart, end quote. So I actually don't take that as a sign that Dan Snyder is still very involved in things with the commanders and will not be selling majority ownership of the commanders. Uh, I take that more as a sign that like Dan still is willing to help, but it's not like he's all in. The really bad sign would have been if Dan himself had met with Eric Bieniemy. But as best as we can tell, that did not happen. The commanders hired Eric Bieniemy as assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator without the Danny meeting with EB. Remember, we over the last few months have had multiple signs that Dan 
has been checked out. He apparently stopped going to Commander's Games as the 2022 season went on, including not attending the retirement of Sonny Jurgensen's number nine at the team season finale. And Dan not being at that was a big deal. Sonny is arguably not just the best quarterback in team history, but also arguably the biggest star in team history. Dan loves stars. Uh, Dan is, or at least was, a big Sonny guy. Dan not being there was a big deal. Then we had something like the Bobby Beathard statement. The commanders on February 1st put out a statement about former Redskins general manager Bobby Beathard off his death. And interestingly, the statement was not attributed to Dan and Tanya Snyder. Usually a statement such as that one has been attributed to commanders, co-owners, and co-CEOs Dan and Tanya Snyder. This statement did not read in that way. The statement was not attributed to anyone. Uh, Look, nothing is for sure with this sale of the commanders right now, but specific to Dan Snyder flying team president Jason Wright from California to the Washington, D.C. area to close out the hiring of Eric Bieniemy, I don't take that as a sign that Dan isn't selling. But I do get the concern, okay? Trust me, I do get the concern. Email from Matthias, writes Matthias regarding... Dan Snyder, a.k.a. Mr. Dan, Jeff Bezos, who I have called Uncle Jeff, and the NFL, a.k.a. The Shield. One thing missing from the sale narrative, this is really a three-way negotiation between The Shield, Mr. Dan, and a potential new owner who, let's say, is Uncle Jeff. The NFL kicked off the sale process when it led Jim Irsay loose to say that it was time for Dan to move on. Dan had failed the shield by allowing it to get dragged before Congress and flopping in his efforts to get a stadium built. Money talks. Uncle Jeff has lined every single NFL owner's pockets thanks to the Amazon streaming deal. My theory, Uncle Jeff's and Mr. Dan's advisors see the win-win here if they cooperate. But both need the NFL to play ball. Uncle Jeff needs the NFL to realize his investment in the league in the form of money and other help to get the stadium built in Washington, D.C. Ahem, lobbying. And Mr. Dan needs to get his pound of flesh from Uncle Jeff and the Shield. So Uncle Jeff pays an ego premium price for the team to Mr. Dan, who gets his big number, whatever that is, and the Shield is forced to lay out cash and political capital back to Uncle Jeff for the stadium, which makes up for this premium and lets Dan walk away thinking that he got over on all parties. It is clear we are in the endgame now. Thank you for the email, Matthias. Uh, Very smart email. Makes a lot of sense. I do think that what Matthias wrote is possible. And as I talked about with Josh Kosman on Monday's show, I believe that Jeff Bezos may make Dan Snyder a godfather offer, an offer that Dan can't refuse. As The Godfather, Don Corleone, said in the greatest movie of all time, The Godfather, many years ago. You look terrible. Once a day. Once you're the rest of the world and a month from now, this Hollywood big shot's gonna give you what you want. It's too late. They start shooting in a week. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. Yes. I believe that Uncle Jeff may make the Danny an offer that he can't refuse. And by the way, it may be that Dan Snyder preventing Jeff Bezos from bidding on the commanders is part of a strategy by Dan to compel Jeff to make a godfather offer. But 
Dan Snyder wants at least $6 billion for the commanders, but so far has not gotten such an offer, and he's preventing a person who can make that offer, Jeff Bezos, from bidding. Well, what if Jeff made it be known that he would pay $6.5 billion or $7 billion for the commanders and dared Dan to say no to hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars extra, just for the sake of spite, just for the sake of Dan not liking Jeff for owning the Washington Post with which Denny Boy has feuded for years. Jeff Bezos has what is called bleep you money. What if Jeff said to Dan, bleep you, you want at least $6 billion, I dare you to say no to $7 billion. Then we might have a sale of the commanders complete. Yes, from Dan Snyder to Jeff Bezos. And yes, we don't like to get bleeped <laughs> to the tune of $7 billion. Well, you can achieve great bleeping growth of your business or practice by advertising on the Al Galdi podcast. Uh, podcast advertising is very affordable, uh, much more so than buying an NFL team like the Commanders. And podcast advertising works. Email us. See what we can do for you. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Well, before we get to the Commanders on Monday afternoon, releasing quarterback Carson Wentz and safety slash nickel corner Bobby McCain, we on Monday evening had more on the sale of the Commanders. You know, we all should have known that the Danny was not going to go out easy, and uh, sure enough, he ain't going out easy. The Washington Post on Monday evening reported that Commanders co-owner and co-CEO Dan Snyder is demanding that other NFL owners indemnify him against any future legal liability and expenses if he sells the team, angering some NFL owners and NFL commissioner Roger Goodell. So according to the Post, Dan is saying, if I sell, you need to guarantee me protection from legal liability and expenses. What exactly that legal liability and what exactly those legal expenses might be, we do not know. <laughs> but of course, with the Danny, you never know. Who knows what might come up with this guy? Now, to me, there are two levels to this report from the Washington Post on Monday evening. One level is the obvious level that Dan is making this demand from the NFL as he is in the process of selling the team, as he is in the process of leaving the NFL. But the other level to this report from the Post on Monday evening is that the report is yet another sign of a fracture between Dan Snyder and other NFL owners. And it is this level of the report that I think matters the most. A major theme in the Dan Snyder saga over the last year plus now has been the increasing signs of tension, of problems between Dan and other NFL owners. The NFL owners are like a mafia. When you are a made guy, you are in and you are protected. But when you're no longer a made guy, that's it. You're done. And for more than a year now, we have had signs that Dan Snyder is no longer a made guy. It is the NFL owners, not Roger Goodell, who truly run the NFL. Remember, Roger works 
for the owners. If the other NFL owners decide that you as an NFL owner are done, then you are done. And the only question left is how exactly you're going to be done. This report from the Washington Post on Monday evening is another sign that the other NFL owners are done with Dan Snyder. The report says that NFL owners will attempt to force Dan Snyder to sell the team if he doesn't sell it voluntarily. The report also has this, quote, According to one of the people with knowledge of the situation, Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones is attempting to broker a piece by which Snyder would sell the commanders and leave the NFL without further acrimony, end quote. (laughs) Now, how about that, right? Jerry Jones could ultimately be the key to ousting Dan Snyder. How do you like that irony? One of our biggest enemies as Washington fans, Dallas Cowboys owner, president, and general manager, Jerry Jones, he ultimately could be the key to the ouster of Dan Snyder. Listen, as a Commanders fan, I'll do business with whomever I must do business in order to oust Danny. But that would be something. Jerry Jones proving to be a hero for Washington fans via playing a key role in the ouster of Dan Snyder. Also in this report from the Washington Post, it confirmed multiple reports that Dan Snyder is blocking Amazon founder Jeff Bezos from bidding on the commanders. Quote, Snyder is shutting out Bezos in the sale process to this point. A person familiar with the situation said, confirming reports by the New York Post and The Athletic, Snyder has rebuffed every effort by Bezos to move forward toward purchasing the team, according to that person, who said Snyder is acting out of spite because of Bezos's ownership of the post. It is not clear whether Snyder's approach represents a final decision or posturing as part of a negotiating strategy, end quote. And I do think that that is important to remember, and I made mention of that in the opening segment of the show. It is possible that Dan Snyder is preventing Jeff Bezos from bidding on the commanders in order to compel Jeff Bezos to make Dan a godfather offer for the commanders. You know, Dan is said to want at least $6 billion for the commanders. Perhaps Dan feels that by preventing Jeff Bezos from bidding on the commanders, Dan can get Jeff to offer, say, $7 billion for the commanders. So we shall see with that one. Uh, For what it's worth, the commanders late night on Monday night issued a statement, quote, the story posted tonight by the Washington Post regarding the transaction process involving the Washington commanders is simply untrue, end quote. Uh, So the commanders are calling this story from the Washington Post fake news. Boy, the hatred between Dan Snyder and the Washington Post can never be overstated. But to me, this report from the Post on Monday evening is a good thing. Yes, Dan Snyder is going out kicking and screaming, and he's making things very difficult. And we still can't say with certainty that he's ultimately going to be out, that he's ultimately going to sell majority ownership of the commanders. But also, yes, there now is even more reason to believe that the other NFL owners are done with Dan. And that is so key. If, in fact, Dan has lost the support 
of the other NFL owners, then it's just a matter of time until he's done as commander's owner, whether he wants to be or not. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Well, as you know, the decades-long drought for Washington not having a franchise quarterback has included a number of quarterback fails. The Carson Wentz fail may not be the biggest of the fails, but it is at the very least in the conversation. And the Carson Wentz fail now is officially over. The commanders on Monday afternoon announced that they had released quarterback Carson Wentz, ending the era of Commander Carson. Uh, The commanders releasing Carson cleared $26.176 million in salary cap space. We do not need to review every little aspect of the Carson Wentz saga. What I do think is worth doing is noting what we should most remember about the Carson Wentz saga. The Carson Wentz fail. Uh, What can we learn from the Carson Wentz fail so as to never have such a fail again? What should we take away from the Carson Wentz fail so that we can all be better as football fans and as human beings. (laughs) Well, the first thing to remember about the Commander's Carson Wentz fail is that it was a fail of spectacular proportions. The Commanders on March 16th, 2022 officially announced having traded for Indianapolis Colts quarterback Carson Wentz. But the news of the trade broke a week earlier, March 9th. 2022, which very interestingly and very appropriately was the 10-year anniversary of the RG3 trade. The commanders in the Carson Wentz trade got Carson Wentz, a second-round pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, pick number 47 overall, and a seventh-round pick in the 2022 draft. And the commanders in the trade gave up a second-round pick in the 2022 draft, pick number 42 overall, a third-round pick in the 2022 draft and a third round pick in the 2023 draft, uh, that pick could have become a second round pick 
in the 2023 draft, but thankfully did not. The Carson Wentz trade was not the RG3 trade in terms of compensation, not even close, but the commanders to get Carson did give up significant draft capital. And Carson ended up lasting for just one season with the team. That is a fail of a trade. And Carson didn't even play for the full season. He played in just eight of the team's 17 regular season games, making just seven starts. Carson, for the 2022 regular season, finished number 30 out of 31 qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in ESPN's total QBR at 32.9. QBR is on a scale of 0 to 100. A total QBR of 32.9 is quite bad. Uh, And Carson, in the 2022 regular season, had some horrendous games. I think what initially sounded the alarm bells was what we saw from Carson over a stretch of two consecutive games. The 24-8 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field in Week 3 and the 25-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys in Week 4. 0-2 were the commanders to begin play in the 2022 regular season in the NFC East. Neither game was particularly close, and Carson Wentz in each game looked quite bad. Uh, Carson and that loss to the Eagles at FedEx Field in week three for the game had a total QBR of just 11.1. He took nine sacks, including two sack strips, one of which resulted in a loss fumble. And Carson in the loss at the Cowboys in week four for the game had a total QBR of just 24.5. He over his 42 pass attempts threw for just 170 yards. That works out to a microscopic yards per pass attempt of 4.05. In fact, according to the NFL's next-gen stats, 12 of Carson's 25 completions in the game, nearly half of his completions in the game, came at or below the line of scrimmage. And of course, we also had Carson's final game of the 2022 season, the commander's 24-10 loss to the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field in week 17. New Year's Day, 2023. Happy New Year. Uh, Carson in this game was a special kind of bad. Uh, He was the commander starting quarterback for the first time since the 12-7 win at the Chicago Bears on Thursday night football in week six, a game in which uh, Carson suffered a fractured right ring finger. Remember, Carson was on the reserve injured list from October 22nd to December 12th due to the fractured right ring finger. He, in this loss to the Browns, was woeful. He had no touchdown passes versus three awful interceptions. He over his 28 pass attempts threw for just 143 yards. That works out to a yards per pass attempt of just 5.11. And this loss, in conjunction with wins by the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers in Week 17, eliminated the Commanders from playoff contention. To this day, it isn't 100% clear who is most responsible for the commander's great quarterback search, the great commander's quarterback quest of the 2022 offseason resulting in Carson Wentz. Was it head coach Ron Rivera? Was it general manager Martin Mayhew? Was it co-owner and co-CEO Dan Snyder? There has been stuff out there at various points that has made you think that each guy may have been primarily responsible for the trade for Carson. Here's the bottom line to me. The trade was a fail. A big, fat fail. 
and it goes on the resumes of all three guys, Ron, Martin, and Dan. All three deserve shame for the trade. Another thing to remember about the commander's cars that Wentz fail is that it wasn't a fail due to anything having to do with what may have been the biggest concern with Carson when the commanders traded for him. Every indication is that Carson Wentz over his one season with the commanders was a good teammate and was not a bad locker room guy. To whatever extent, he was a bad teammate and a bad leader and didn't take well to hard coaching and whatever else over his time with the Eagles and Colts. There has been nothing, literally nothing, to indicate that Carson, the person, was any kind of a problem for the commanders. He appears to have been a total class act with the commanders. The problem for the commanders with Carson wasn't Carson, the person. The problem was Carson, the player. But that brings us to another thing to remember about the commanders' Carson Wentz fail. Included in that fail was the commanders' failing Carson. Yes, Carson failed the commanders, but also, yes, the commanders failed Carson. I did not love the commanders' trade for Carson Wentz when it happened, but as the 2022 offseason went on, and I did my research, and we on this podcast conducted our deep dives on Carson, and we on this podcast spoke with a variety of guests about Carson, I did come to see the upside in Carson, and I did come to see an avenue by which the trade could work. And my hope was that the avenue would be traveled and that the trade would work. But the avenue included the commander's offensive line being good. Carson Wentz is not an NFL quarterback who handles pressure well. Everyone knows that. He may be the last quarterback who you want playing behind a bad offensive line. Well, the commander's offensive line in the 2022 season was bad. The commander's offensive line in the 2022 season cratered. The offensive line in the 2022 season fell off a cliff. Washington went from having had a surprisingly solid offensive line for the 2020 season and then a surprisingly great offensive line for the 2021 season to having a shockingly terrible offensive line for the 2022 season. So much so that now every Commanders fan on the planet acknowledges that the offensive line needs to be rebuilt. The truth is that Carson Wentz for the Commanders in the 2022 regular season did have his moments. Carson in the Commanders 28-22 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars at FedEx Field in week one uh, gave us the complete roller coaster (laughs) that is the Carson Wentz experience, but he quarterbacked a game-winning 13-play, 90-yard touchdown drive that resulted in a third and eight, 24-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver Jahan Dodson with one minute, 46 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And Carson quarterbacked a commander's offense that went 7-10 to on third downs. And Carson became the first Washington quarterback to have at least four touchdown passes and to throw for at least 300 yards in a game since Kirk Cousins in December 2015 and became the first Washington quarterback to have at least four touchdown passes in a week one game since Billy Kilmer in 1975. Carson in the Commanders 36-27 loss at the Detroit Lions in week two had a nightmare of a first half, no doubt, but he then had a very good second half. He ultimately for the game went 30-46 for 337 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. He did take five sacks, 
but he quarterbacked a commander's offense that went 7 of 15 on third downs. He became the first NFL quarterback since 1950 when quarterback starts were first tracked to have at least three touchdown passes and at least 300 passing yards in each of his first two regular season starts with a new team. And he became the first Washington quarterback to have at least six touchdown passes over the first two weeks of an NFL regular season since Mark Rippon in 1989. And Carson in the Commanders' 21-17 loss to the Tennessee Titans at FedEx Field in Week 5 completed 25 of his 38 pass attempts, threw for 359 yards and two touchdowns. He averaged 9.45 yards per pass attempt. He, for Pro Football Focus, had five big-time throws. Now, of course, also from Carson in that game was a game-sealing interception on the next-to-last snap of the game, and the pick followed two near-picks by Carson over the two previous snaps, and he quarterbacked a commander's offense that went a putrid 1-11 of on third downs. Look, my point is this. It's not like every single moment of Carson Wentz with the commanders was trash, and if the team's offensive line had been good, I do think that Carson this past season could have been decent, certainly decent enough for the commanders to have made the playoffs. But the problem with Carson is that he, at this point in his career, needs a lot around him to be just right for him to even have a chance of being decent. And that's a big ask. Everything around a quarterback being just right. And so the Carson Wentz trade goes down as yet another quarterback fail for Washington, which at least did leave itself a reasonable out. And thank the football gods that the commanders last offseason did not extend Carson Wentz or move money around in his contract or anything like that. The commanders acquired Carson as he had three seasons left on a four-year, $128 million contract extension that he signed with the Eagles in June 2019, but that did not kick in until the 2021 season. But the contract only had guaranteed money remaining for the 2022 season. So the commanders got Carson with the ability to part ways with him after just one season with zero dead money. And the commanders now have parted ways with Carson after just one season and have incurred zero dead money. Uh, The commanders also now have just two quarterbacks under contract for the 2023 season, Sam Howell and Jake Brom. Uh, We know that more from the team at the quarterback position is coming, uh, likely a veteran quarterback who is signed or perhaps re-signed if we are talking about Taylor Heineke, uh, who is set to be an unrestricted free agent. But Carson Wentz for the commanders. Commander Carson is no more. Well, the Commanders on Monday afternoon didn't just announce that they had released quarterback Carson Wentz. The team also announced that it had released safety slash nickel corner Bobby McCain. Uh, Bobby McCain is not that old. Uh, The 2023 season will be just his age 30 season, but he is older uh, and he is costly versus Commanders defensive banks who are younger and cheaper. And so McCain now is gone. Uh, Washington initially signed Bobby McCain on May 17th, 
2021. Uh, this as an unrestricted free agent off him having been released by the Miami Dolphins on May 6th, 2021. The Commanders on March 17th, 2022 officially announced the re-signing of McCain as an unrestricted free agent. He signed a two-year deal, but he now has been released uh, one year into that deal. Uh, Bobby McCain over his two seasons with Washington was durable and he did play a lot and he did provide some production. Uh, McCain for the 2021 regular season led Washington in defensive snaps at 93.13% in playing at all 17 games, led the team with four interceptions and was number two on the team with nine pass defenses. Uh, McCain's overall grade for pro football focus for the 2021 regular season was 70.9. Uh, PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. McCain for the 2022 regular season it was number two on the commanders in defensive snaps at 93.01% in playing in all 17 games. McCain's overall grade for PFF for the 2022 regular season was just 61.4, but he played a lot for a Washington defense that was much improved, right? Uh, the commanders for the 2022 regular season were number one in the NFL in lowest opponents third down efficiency at 31.9%. Washington for the 2021 regular season, it was number 31 in the NFL at lowest opponents third down efficiency at 48.5%. Uh, also, the commanders for the 2022 regular season were number 13 in the NFL in pass defense for Football Outsiders DVOA metric, Washington for the 2021 regular season was number 28 in the NFL in pass defense per DVOA. So it's not nothing that Bobby McCain this past season played a lot for a pass defense that demonstrated remarkable improvement. But Bobby McCain, as the 2022 season went on, became the commander's primary nickel corner due to the emergence of safety Derek Forrest and the benching and then trading of corner William Jackson the third to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Remember the demise of WJ3 with the Commanders moved corner Benjamin St. Juice from being the team's primary nickel corner to being primarily an outside corner. And so Bobby McCain became a safety for whom there was not much room at safety. Now, that's not to, uh, you know, downplay the significance of nickel corner. Like, that does matter. And one of the things that I really liked about Bobby McCain was his ability to play multiple secondary positions, right? He could play safety. He could play nickel corner. But the commanders releasing McCain does make sense for several reasons. The biggest reason is the emergence of younger safeties, Cameron Curl, Derek Forrest, and Percy Butler. And, you know, you think about it. This is how things are supposed to work in the NFL. A team replaces older and more expensive with younger and cheaper. Uh, speaking of cheaper, the commanders releasing McCain saves them at least $2.32 million against the salary cap and perhaps as much as $4.42 million against the cap. Uh, that would be if he is designated as a post-June 1st cut. ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter in a tweet on Monday afternoon wrote $4.42 million. So at least according to that, it appears as if the post-June 1 designation is being used. That's a pretty significant chunk of change, right? $4.42 million if that is in fact the amount of money that the commanders are saving against the salary cap. And then a third reason that the commanders releasing McCain makes sense is that his play over his two seasons with Washington, while not terrible, uh, did leave some things to be desired. Pro Football Focus has a metric called tackles versus expected 
which is a measurement of how many tackles a player made versus how many tackles an average player at the same position would have made, taking into account things like where the player lined up, the defensive alignment that the player was in, and the situation for the opposing offense. Uh, Bobby McCain for the 2022 regular season had a tackles versus expected of minus 12. McCain for the 2021 regular season had a tackles versus expected of minus 28.7. Yeah, (laughs) not so good. Uh, Bobby McCain did not get off to a great start with Washington fans. You may remember this. Uh, McCain, during his postgame press conference after Washington's 34-30 win at the Atlanta Falcons on October 3rd, 2021, sounded off on the media. Now, not that fans should care about the media, but McCain did come off poorly, whining about the criticism of a Washington defense that was not playing well and uh, ended up being very bad against the pass in that 2021 season. Here was some of McCain from that postgame press conference. Defensively, we'll, we'll get it together and, uh, you know, we meet and, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to clean up the details. And, you know, when we start, when we start balling and we start, you know, playing our asses off, I want y'all to write the same shit y'all writing. <laughs> yeah, you see, the problem is that that 2021 Washington defense ended up being rather bad. Uh, the defense did get better in the second half of the season, but the final numbers for the defense against the pass were brutal. Some more from Bobby McCain during that postgame press conference after the win at the Falcons on October 3rd, 2021. Yeah, I completely understand. We're 2-2 two and two as early in the season. Um, you know, I understand you guys have a job to do, and... Uh, you know, but like I like I said, no disrespect to you guys, but like we can honestly care about your opinions or anybody else's opinions outside of the outside of the building because we know what we have to do. We know we have to clean up the details. We know what we need to do to win ball games. And at the end of the day, we came out of here with a W. So make sure you write that down. We came out of here with a W. That should be first. Y'all be easy. All right, <laughs> y'all be easy. Uh, but look, Bobby McCain did do some good things for Washington. Uh, But I would say this too, if an NFL team is doing what it should be doing in terms of player personnel, then a guy like McCain should only be around for a few seasons. He should become expendable. And that is precisely what happened here. The commanders have done a nice job of building up their secondary with young, promising, and for now anyway, inexpensive players, especially at safety with Cameron Curl, Derek Forrest, and Percy Butler. And the accumulation of those guys, the emergence of those guys are good things. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 518, will include a lot for you on the commander's head coach. Ron Rivera is scheduled to do a press conference at the NFL Scouting Combine at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis on Tuesday. Also on Wednesday show, we'll talk Wizards, Virginia basketball, and Virginia Tech basketball. The Wizard at the Atlanta Hawks Tuesday night at 7.30. The Cavaliers are home to Clemson Tuesday night at 7. And the Hokies are at Louisville Tuesday night at 9. By the way, the latest Associated Press Top 25 poll came out on Monday. Virginia down seven spots to number 13. Maryland is in the AP Top 25. The Terrapins are number 21. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday.